Welcome back, my fellow creatives. I am here on You've Got Five Pages to Tell Me It's Good to see if the book I picked up from the library's new release shelf can indeed, in five pages, tell me it's good. And I did it. I have been threatening <laughs> or and or promising, depending on how you want to look at it, to get a Western. And that is what I did this week. There were just three other titles and I had already done one of them <laughs> and the other two were mystery suspense and then I saw the western and I thought you know what no no it is time to stretch forth my reading wings and take flight with something new so here we are with William W. Johnstone and J.A. Johnstone. Their Smoke Jensen novel of the West titled When the Shooting Starts. I, okay. <laughs> and I have to admit the, uh, the cover is very appealing. We, we have the rugged lone gunman on a horse and looking at the town, no, is that a farm? It's a farm. Farm in the distance, smoke is rising. Oh no, there is peril. So I, I'm, in, I, I'm ready for it. I don't know. It's, it's a national best-selling author, author team. So there, there must be something going right here. And I do like on the back cover, it says live free, read hard. I like that. Okay. J.A. and William W., you, you got me with your live free, read hard. That's awesome. All right, so let's take a look at the first chapter. Now, I will say just heading in, this is clearly a book in a series, and I am going to take a wager. Hang on, I'm trying to quick see here. It looks like this will be the fourth book in the series. So chances are there's not going to be a whole lot of establishment uh, for a picky first timer in the series person like myself. So I have to cut this book some slack as far as establishment goes because they already had three books. So I have to remind myself of that as a reader. And as a writer though, I am still hoping to see little touches of establishment dropped to help remind readers of what was previously done because that's a pretty common thing um to make references to events in past books just to kind of help remind readers of past events as well as to help new readers be brought up to speed so we'll see if anything like that would happen here in chapter one no prologue again yay all right so when the shooting starts chapter one Hey, Buck, Buck West, is that you, you old hoss thief? For the record, I will not be reading in any form of accent. Well, at least not intentionally. Okay, back to it. The loud, boisterous voice made Smoke Jensen come to a halt on the boardwalk. It had, had, it had been a good while since he'd heard the name Buck West. When he stopped using it, he had figured he'd probably never hear it again. But now here it was, coming from the mouth of the tall, raw-boned man striding along the boardwalk toward him. 
The man's ugly face was wreathed in a grin. He wore a duster over canvas trousers, suspenders, and a flannel shirt. The brim of his battered old hat was turned up in front. A holstered colt swung on the man's right hip. Another revolver was stuck in his waistband on the left side. He had a lean, wolfish look about him that came from riding a lot of dark, lonely trails. Hoot owl trails, some called them. Folks had started using the word owl hoot to describe the men who rode such trails. Smoke had to search his memory for the name of the man who had just hailed him using that old alias. Sutcliffe he recalled after a moment. Sort of a distinguished name for a gunman and outlaw. His nickname, Rowdy, fit him better. Smoke didn't think he had ever heard the man's real first name. Hello, Rowdy, he said, willing to be friendly as long as he could. What brings you here? Why, the same thing as you, I expect, Buck, replied Sutcliffe as he came to a stop and hooked his thumbs in his gun belt. I heard that a fellow named of Franklin was hiring guns, so I come to sign on with him. This here is the town of Fontana, ain't it? That took Smoke by surprise. He frowned slightly and said, You're a little behind the times. Tilden Franklin has been dead for almost a year. This is Big Rock. There's not much left of Fontana. It's fixing to dry up and blow away, like the memory of all the trouble that happened there. Rowdy Sutcliffe cocked his head to the side and gave Smoke a quizzical stare. Franklin's dead? He said. Are you sure about that? Pretty sure, Smoke said. He didn't add that he had been the one to hammer three slugs into the chest of the treacherous would-be emperor of this valley. I'm going to pause here. We're about two pages in. And by golly, did the Johnstones... I'm pretty sure they wanted to say pronounce Johnstones. The Johnstones covered a nice bit of establishment in a way that still felt like we were present in a story, and it still felt like we're not being info dumped. That's nice. I like this. We by utilizing a character connected to the protagonist but new to the environment you create an excuse to cover establishment ground without it sounding like you're obviously trying to establish so that was that was well done plus we're getting it in action we're getting it through dialogue so we're also getting a little bit of these characters as well a little bit of characterization which is nice all right i appreciate that okay let's keep going sutcliffe peered at him for a moment longer then shook his head well dadgummit seems like i'm always late to the party don't know why i didn't hear about that of course, I was down in old Mexico for a while, taking my ease with the senoritas, so I weren't really paying that much attention to what was going on up here in Colorado. Sutcliffe sighed. I reckon I'm plumb out of luck. Then he brightened and went on. Unless you got some window work with the likes of you and me. Shoot, Buck West wouldn't be here unless hell was about, about to pop. Sorry, Rowdy. I don't use the name Buck West anymore, and there's no gun work to be had around here. 
Big Rock has grown some since the railroad arrived, but it's still small enough to be pretty peaceful. Wait. A frown creased Suckcliffe's forehead. Your name ain't Buck West? That's right. That's just what I called myself for a while. Back in the days when he had been riding the Hoot Owl trails himself, searching for the men he had set out to kill. Men responsible for the deaths of several people he had loved. Then, what is your name? It's Jensen. Kirby Jensen. Most folks call me Smoke. Sutcliffe's eyes widened. Smoke Jensen, he repeated. Dang, I've heard that name all right. Fella's supposed to be the fastest draw on the whole frontier. The fightin' son of a gun anybody ever did saw. He let out a low whistle. And now come to find out, Smoke Jensen is none other than my old pard Buck West. What do you know about that? Smoke shook his head and said, We were never pards, Rowdy. We were just in the same places at the same times every now and then. Oh, that's a naughty thing to say. No, not naughty. I just, I know it's like, mm. ah, we're, we're getting towards fighting words, aren't we? All right, let's keep going. Suckcliffe squinted now instead of staring as he said, well, that's an unfriendly sort of thing to say. If I weren't such a forgiven fella, I might take offense at it. Could be you're putting on airs since you're really the high and mighty Smoke Jensen. I knew it. See, you, you, you poke, you poke a character when you do that. Okay. Never claimed to be high and mighty, Smoke replied with a shake of his head. Just another hombre trying to make his way in life. Looks like you've done all right for yourself, Sutcliffe said, sneering a little. Smoke wasn't sure what the gunmen meant by that. Okay, that's dumb. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. That Right off the bat, if this character, our protagonist, understands who this other guy is and what he's like, he should totally understand what Rowdy meant like by that. Because all it takes usually is one look at a person, especially in this historical time period. And the way our protagonist described Rowdy, yeah, it doesn't take much to take one look at a person and see how they're doing as far as um, stability, um, money. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, our smoke Jensen guy is, you know, all done up in silver or something. But if he's clean and he isn't patched up and he's not battered down, he's clearly doing all right. So I don't know why on earth smoke would think, wouldn't know how to take Rowdy's comment. That just, that seems intentionally dumb. And I have only known this character for like four pages and I'm already like now flustered. Okay. Let's, Keep going. We, we, we're going to get to the fifth page for sure. Smoke wasn't sure what the gunmen meant by that. He certainly wasn't wearing fancy duds or anything like that. Just common range clothes and a dark brown curled brim hat that had been seen better days perched on his ash blonde hair. His boots still had a little mun clinging to them. The gun belt strapped around his waist and the walnut butted colt that rode in the attached holster 
holster were well cared for, but strictly functional. He looked like what he was these days, a hardworking, moderately successful rancher with a small but growing spread. Exactly. He and his friend Pearlie Fontaine did most of the work around the place, with Smoke's wife, Sally, pitching in when she needed to. She was learning to ride a horse and use a lariat as well as most men. Lastly, there had been enough work to do that Smoke had hired a couple of extra hands, which had prompted Pearlie to start referring to himself as the foreman. The Sugarloaf, the name Smoke had given to the ranch, was still far from being the equal of some of the massive outfits in other parts of the state. Maybe it would grow to that point someday. Smoke hoped so. One thing he knew for sure was that he never wanted to return to the bloody, dangerous, lone wolf days of his existence as Buck West. And Rowdy Sutcliffe was a living, breathing reminder of those days, standing right in front of him. It was good seeing you again, Rowdy, he said as he started to turn away. That was stretching the truth considerable-like, but he wanted to end this conversation as smoothly and efficiently as he could. Hold on a minute, Sutcliffe said as he raised his left hand slightly. Smoke stopped, every muscle taut. Least you can do is let me buy you a drink, Sutcliffe went on, for old time's sake. Smoke hesitated, then nodded. What harm could that do? All the harm in the world, sir! Sorry, that's... <laughs> uh, intentionally dumb. Okay. Maybe once he'd had a drink with Sutcliffe, the gunman would decide there was no reason for him to remain in Big Rock and would move along. No, it wouldn't. Oh. Sure, he said. Come on down the street with me to Longmont's. It's the best saloon in town. Longmont's, repeated Sutcliffe as he fell in step alongside Smoke. That wouldn't have anything to do with Louis, 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 we'll go with Louis, Louis Longmont, would it? Louis owns the place, Smoke said. Are you acquainted with him? Nope, just heard of him. He's supposed to be mighty slick with a gun and a deck of cards, both. Sutcliffe glanced around Big Rock's main street. What's he doing in a little wide place in the trail like this? Smoke thought the town had grown enough that it was more than a wide place in the trail. But he didn't waste the time or energy to argue the point. Instead, he said, Lewis has put that part of his life behind him, just like I have. Sutcliffe clucked his tongue and shook his head. Smoke Jensen and Lewis Belongmont, both settling down. Never thought. I'd see the day. Well, okay, I'm going to stop there because that's five pages. For once, we actually got through the first five pages of chapter one. <laughs> it only took finally trying a Western out for that to happen. Okay, so in those five pages, we're getting, we, we got solid establishment of where we are, roughly when we are. I mean, we know we're dealing with the West, with the trails and outlaws and ranchers and cowboys and whatnot so we have a rough sense of time we had um a little bit of a breakdown of past experience of our character our protagonist so we get a sense of who he is it was done in a bit of a clint eastwoody way i was thinking a little bit of um unforgiven in that moment um but 
it's not to the point where you feel like you're being you're getting a previously on you're, you're not getting that vibe so i really appreciated that we are in a present story with drops of information from previous episodes that feel like it makes sense for them to be referenced see that's i think part of the problem for folks who are trying to catch readers up without having a previously on uh, kind of message, um, they force it. And I get how that goes because I've struggled with that too when I write where you, you it's like, I have to make sure my readers remember this. And you try to figure out how you can shoehorn that information in. And unfortunately, that kind of shoehorning is obvious to readers, and that's a turnoff. This story was able to utilize a conversation between two characters um, to just realistically cover those points without dwelling on them, just kept right on moving along, and gave me enough so I have a rough understanding of who this protagonist is and what they're doing there. Bam! That's all I needed. I don't need a complete recap of the previous three books. So I appreciated that. And that, again, that's the first five pages. So that was really well done. I just also sounds like, yeah, that this protagonist, Smoke Jensen, is making intentionally dumb decisions for the sake of the plot, which I don't appreciate. Because here in five pages, I have a good sense of what this character is like. And if he's smart enough and fast enough with the gun to be able to take down a huge baddie in a previous episode, he should have a feeling when someone else who used to be, who is what Smoke Jensen used to be, uh, should understand how that person would interpret his words and what it means to have a drink to, you know, in homage to old times no that's not how that's going to go we as readers know it and that's the thing as a writer it's like you you know that won't be the case why on earth would this protagonist make that kind of call it just it felt like he was being dumb on purpose like maybe that's how he'll do this and why would he want to just no 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 this protagonist clearly is intelligent enough to be able to read people so why on earth wouldn't he be able to read this guy i would better respect the decisions made by this protagonist if he couldn't read rowdy and he wasn't sure why he would be offering the drink if he wasn't sure why he would be saying those words and he was trying to figure them out and then you just kind of take a gamble on what's gonna keep the peace no that i could respect more than oh i guess that's what he wants to do oh why would he be thinking so no 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 so i mean this this sounds like this is a well-written series and i would wager that the first book would probably a pretty gripping read. I mean, this one right now is sounding all right. The title itself is a definite promise of action to come, which I, I, I dig. So if you are one who loves your historical fiction, you love your Westerns, I mean, again, Clint Eastward Westerns, I've written about this on my blog. I, I love the Clint Eastwood cinematic Westerns, the, one of my favorite things to watch and listen to. Um, 
So if this might, this might suit those tastes as well. So why not try it? Just check them out. Uh, William W. Johnstone and J.A. Johnstone. It's their Smoke Jensen novel of the West series. I, I don't know why it has to say a Smoke Jensen novel of the West. Does that mean there's a Smoke Jensen novel of the East? Of the North? Okay, now I'm getting silly. All right, we'll see what's around next week. Maybe we'll have another little venture into new territory. We'll find out. All right. Until then, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers.